0: Hey, welcome to Life It's God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward.
1: And I'm your other host, Kurt Flagel. And I have the privilege and the pleasure of introducing my personal coach, Jeff Caliguire, who's an author, who is a leader of an organization. And I'll let him tell you about that, but he is really important to me. So I, I'm excited to get to share him with all of you. So Jeff, Thank you for being on this show and on this episode with us.
2: It is awesome. Uh, Kurt and Kim, I just said K and K. It's awesome to be with you guys. Love, love the vision. Life hurts, God heals and love what you guys are doing. Would you mind telling us? I know
1: stuff about you. Kim kind of does because I talk about you and it's all good, by the way. Just want to say that
2: mostly what? Wait, it's all good. So yeah. I want to hear the rest of that at some point. <laughs> we won't record that part. <laughs> uh, so would you mind like just
1: talking about, a little bit about where you come from and, and how you got to this place of being a coach and starting your own coaching organization?
2: Well, there's a lot in that question, but I'll just say I'm, I'm from the other side of the country from you all. I'm from originally New Jersey. I grew up outside of New York City youngest of three sons, uh, and uh, I'm now living in Colorado, and uh, I, I love New Jersey, but sorry, I love Colorado even more. I'm a former pastor, uh, founded a church in the Boston area in the early 1990s, pastored it for 10 years, and in the meantime, you know, went through, went through my own journey of realizing I'd had a lot I didn't know in my heart, even though I knew it in my head. And uh, it, it started to really bug me when I realized I was teaching things that weren't true of me and started to ask the question, how do I change? Me, who's got all this great education and masters of theology and all that goes along with that, I was Pastor Jeff, and yet there was so much of me that I realized wasn't changing. Thus, the whole story of coaching uh, started in the late 90s for me.
1: What frustrated you the most about your inability to change? Like, was there an aspect of that
2: that really troubled you more than any other? Do you know when there's things that are going on in your head that you realize if other people knew these were really going on in my head, they would not look at me with respect or see it as their pastor? And I realized I had so much going on in my head. Some of it was coming out of my mouth and my wife knew a lot of that. And it was affecting me. I mean, it was affecting me. I get up to speak on love and I knew I wasn't being loving. I knew my wife knew I wasn't being loving. And so when there's this gap between what you know in your head and then what's going on in your head and then also the gap of your life the question is is this normal uh, or is there a way this really changes maybe it can't change maybe god isn't doesn't want to change me and i've come to believe since then that we really can change that there is hope for those of us who've got you know addicted to complaining addicted to negativity addicted to self gratification and ego that god wants to change us but for many of us, we haven't known where to start or how to do that.
1: Okay. Two questions
2: popped in in that one, if you could like
1: take one um, word to define that season for you, maybe uh, an emotion, what would it be? And two, what was the impetus or the catalyst for you to see that change was
2: possible? I would say the word that comes to my mind is despairing. I was despairing. There, there was a point for me where I was, I was the pastor of this church, uh, loved the church in many ways. But one day, one of our leaders called me to tell me he was moving. And I, I had put so much hope in this leader that he was going to bring so many good things. And, you know, I, I smiled as I said, Oh, God bless you as you go. and And then I hung up the phone. I picked up this thing that was a concordance and it, we used to have those things in paper form and it probably weighed like 10 pounds. Okay. I picked it up. I threw it across the room. It broke everywhere, pages shattering. It put a dent in the wall. And at that point, my wife walked in Mindy, she walks in and she's like, what is going on? Okay. And, I didn't just put my heavy, my nice smile on my face. I said, I hate my life. I hate my work. I can't stand being a pastor anymore. Okay, great place to be, Pastor Jeff. Uh, but it was one of those wake-up calls to say, you know, there needs to be another way of life. There needs to be, I mean, if love, joy, peace, patience, if all those things were to come from the spirit within me, I was not, finding that way of life. And and so despair and the despair was I don't think I can change and if I can't change what does it mean for the rest of my life?
1: Was there a key pivotal moment for you?
2: Yeah, there there were a number a number of them and I, and I'd love to say, you know, just take this pill and you'll be all better, okay? We we all want that hope pill. We all want that transformational pill. Um, but it it took you know, it's really like, you know, first, like in any addict knows, you need to recognize you have a problem and and that this cannot just continue. If I continue in this direction, I will become the fakest person alive or I have to go on a journey. You know, like you guys familiar with the hero's journey? Yes. Uh, like yeah. the hero's journey where, you know, Frodo is just, you know, minding his own business and, you know, boom, the door opens and in come a, a bunch of little dwarves or whatever they are. And mm-hmm. uh, But your your life comes to a, a pivotal moment where things either, they've got to change. In the hero's journey, the hero says yes to a journey. They say, I'm willing to go on a journey. Well, they go on a journey thinking, okay, now that I'm on the journey, everything's going to be great, but what do they encounter <laughs> Well, lots of bad stuff. Life hurts. <laughs> <laughs> they encounter the life hurts. So I encountered some pits. i I was diagnosed with depression. Uh, I got on medications. i I mean, like, I was thinking, how could someone as normal as me be this messed up, right? And so that question of, you know what what is wrong with me? So the, there was a time of despair where I realized that I was broken. And and at that point I think a lot of us go I right, forget I'm not going I'm not going to go on the whole journey. I'm just going to eat more, I'm going to drink more, I'm going to watch more, I'm going to you know, I'm going to do something to avoid this pain. But I think the the place comes where you go all right, I'm ready for a new way of life. What's going on in my head is not good. It's not right. And and that's where I've come to believe that there really is hope. God wants to transform us. God wants to transform our, our minds, but we've got to be open. The first step is just going, around. I'm open to this journey. I'm ready. I, what I'm doing isn't working. I'm ready.
1: I would love for you to share a couple stories of moments on that journey that were pivotal in helping you continue to go forward. A couple yeah. of those really uh, important steps for you, or, or
2: realizations and how they came about for you. I'm sure you have stories. Oh I've got stories. I got stories, K and K. One, one of the biggest insights for me in the last number of months has been ask who not how. Uh, a lot of us, you know we go, I need to change. How do I change? Um, which, you know, is still a relevant question, but who who can I turn to? Obviously we turn to God as number one. but who can help us? who Who is gifted, Who is called? And and that's where you know, as the body, we don't need to do it on our own. That's where different people have different gifts. By the grace of God, a friend of mine brought in a, a coach and consultant to meet with me back in the late '90s. His name is Bob Beal. He's literally still my coach. He, I met with him yesterday. Uh, I love him. I treasure him. But as I was meeting with him, I realized a couple things. Number one. It's so good to not be fully alone when you're hurting, to have somebody there to truly listen who cares about you making progress. Uh, Number two was as I was meeting with Bob, I I was looking at him going, how can I do what you do? I want to help other people who are alone in their lives, alone in their leadership, alone in their livelihood. Uh, I want to do what he does. And that began a journey for me to realize that the work I was doing was, was not fully me. And there's a wake up call when you, when you realize that it's okay for what I'm doing now to not be the thing I do for the rest of my life,
1: Mm. that
2: even though pastoring is important, there was a new way for me to pastor. And that way of pastoring is called coaching. And so that was a wake up call. And then God brought other coaches into my life coaches who who helped me coaches who help me heal and and I I still I mean I for me I'll, I'll say it takes a it takes an army it takes a village to help me in in all the stuff I work through so sometimes it's it's important to ask who not how and be willing to say it's okay to make change I don't need to just keep doing this even though it's important for somebody else would you, uh, just in case
1: people don't know who Bob Beal is, will you give us a little introduction to him and some, maybe some of his accomplishments?
2: Yeah, I, I was talking to someone today uh, who, who was visiting me and I said, you know, I was meeting with my coach, Bob Beale. He's like, you meet with Bob Beale? And he is a superhero. He is uh, masterplanning.com, I think might be his site. But Bob has been coaching leaders and consulting leaders for like 40 years. He's worked with Bill Bright. He worked with uh, Jim Dobson. He, he's he's worked with some amazing godly leaders. He's 78 years old, and he exists to come alongside and mentor leaders to, to win, uh, to be who they're supposed to be. He's, he's a godly man. And I uh, thank God for him in my life. And so I, I believe that all coaches need coaches. In, in 20 years as a coach, I realized that the times I was most fruitful were the times I was working with a coach. And, uh, and so different times I had different coaches, but Bob, Bob is a superhero. He's, he's written many books. He's come up with a lot of the questions that I now use, including the one I brought to our group yesterday. Uh, You know, like he, he, he's an, he's a genius of great questions and he's a genius of helping people build organization. So I love the man. Bob is B O B B. So if you look up B O B B and then B I E H L that's Bob Beal. That's awesome. You know, what strikes me
1: as I had listened to you, you were being coached by Bob Beal and you said, how can I do what you're doing? The thing that really jumped out at me in that, Jeff, is the importance of investing in other people and how that is actually transformational for us. Like so many people intuitively think that um, if they want to grow, they got to focus on themselves. But it's, there's, there's more to it. It's actually, it's really surprising. It's really amazing that the more that we seek out help for ourselves, and then invest in other people immediately with what we are gaining for
2: ourselves that we grow as well. Two things come to mind. One is something that Bob Beale told me a few years ago, which was that there'll be two groups of people crying at your funeral your family, and the people you've coached and mentored. And uh, that that really stuck out. The the second thing is a, is a little saying that I, I learned. Uh, I, I know very few poems. So this is one of the poems I know. And the poem goes, I went out to uh, to find a friend and I could not find one there. I went out to be a friend and friends were everywhere. Mm. Sometimes, you know, we think, won't somebody help me? Can someone pick me, pick me? And the the best thing sometimes we can do is don't wait to be picked, pick somebody else. You know, don't wait to be chosen, choose somebody. And that's where, you know, we, we grow when we're growing other people and, and, you know, like the 12th step in the 12 steps was kind of almost like the breakthrough in the story of how the 12 steps started to take over and, and grow everywhere. You mentored somebody else, you helped another alcoholic. And so I I think, you know, whenever we get all in our own heads, poor me, uh, there's somebody else that we can choose. You know, we can either sit around saying, I don't have any friends, or we can befriend somebody. Hmm.
1: I think, you know, here in the West, we miss that when we're reading scripture, especially in the New Testament. A lot of Jesus's promises and blessings for his followers come with an implication. They're walking out the mission to disciple others. We miss that. In fact, you know, Jesus said it himself, the big one that comes to mind right away is where he says this is my command to you right all authority has been given to me therefore go and make disciples right baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit teaching them to obey everything i've commanded you and there's this promise i'll be with you to the end of the age and so jesus's promise of presence and all that comes with him which is everything right the prince of peace the prince of shalom of completeness says i'll be with you as you move forward and serve others. And I think here in the West, we miss those implications, that the blessings and promises come with an expectation that we are investing in others as we go. And so a transformation, healing, change comes through that. So in your journey, of wanting to be like Bob Beal and invest in other people and see other people become coaches and leaders who invest in other people. What discoveries have you made about transformation that have affected you and helped you also dispense that wisdom to other people? What are yeah. some of the things you've learned about transformation in that process of serving as a coach?
2: Yeah, no, I think there's a lot, but but I think number one is that transformation is possible, but it's not inevitable. You know, we 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 have a choice in this, and so you know we need to choose that we are willing to go on that journey. We need to choose and say yes, I will accept that that command and that call. But one of the key verses for me and for coaching, uh, and and I believe that coaches are today's new spiritual leaders, not the only spiritual leaders, but a, a spiritual leader is somebody who helps invest in the growth of the spirit of of somebody else. It's somebody who shepherds somebody else to become who God has made them to be. So Romans 12 says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It doesn't just say be transformed and you're all good. There's a renewing of our mind component. And most of us have never been educated in how to work with our minds. You know, how many classes, you know, Kim, did you take where they taught you how to use your mind? (laughs) Yeah. That would be how many.
0: Well, in school, none.
2: And yet, you know, how we use our mind affects our relationships. It affects our happiness, affects our joy. It affects our, our, our effectiveness. And so one of the key things I've found is that coaches can help people learn how to utilize their mind to be transformed, to go on that transformational journey. And the first step is, is starting to be aware of the stuff actually happening in our mind. So a, f- a few years ago, I did a 40-day fast, and I fasted from complaining. This New Jersey guy had a lot to learn, okay? <laughs> so literally, I'd been so used to complaining as a way of life that I, I, I said, what if I do 40 days where I don't complain in my head or out of my mouth? All right. And so there was a choice, but I had to pay attention to the thoughts of my head because I'd have to go, is that a complaint? Is that, is that really true? And being willing to question our own thoughts is one of, one of the key things that I feel like needs to be learned in the development of people, development of leaders. And so the first part of being transformed is to understand what are the thoughts of my mind. And know that we do have a choice. It's been said that there's like a gap between the time you have a thought and the time you kind of initiate and act on that thought or allow that thought to become real in your head. And so neuro, neuroscience says that we actually can have the changes take place in our brain and in our mind, but we have a, a, a role to play in that. And that's where I see coaches can help people learn how to use their brains in a transformational way. That's awesome. Have you ever meet someone or have you ever been that person who says what comes out of your mouth? And is like, you know what, I shouldn't just say what comes into my head because sometimes what comes into my head is not going to be helpful, yeah. you know, and, and you get yourself into trouble that way. And what what is important is we start we start tuning into what is really happening in our own heads and we realize that our we have a choice in the time that a thought enters our mind like my friend joe says don't believe everything you think we can we can question our own thoughts you know like i am so stupid you know well is that true do you really believe that what if it's not true you know and so so there's some coaching learning that i've had to do you know, just simply asking, is that true? Is that always true? What if it's not true? Mm. Those are coaching techniques that can help bring about the transformation of the mind that keep us from going in ways that are going to lead to death, that are going to lead to problems that are not going to bring out the best part of us. Kim, what are you hearing in all of this so far?
0: <laughs> it's not an unfamiliar topic for me, although not from regular school as we (laughs) already learned but when i was uh doing the school supernatural ministry down at the healing rooms they had a few books by dr caroline leaf who also talks a lot about uh, the neural pathways and learning to control your thoughts (laughs) and form new habits with how you think so i was like oh yeah and i totally i was like oh i caught myself doing that this morning i was like everything is going wrong and i expected it and i was just like wait no, this didn't have to be how that went this morning. You know, I was like, oh, the computer system went down. And, you know, I was like, oh, of course the computer system went down. It's Friday. You know, uh, I caught myself going into that. I don't want to be here. What a mistake. Why am I still here 17 years later? So I, yeah, I was like, oh man. Yeah. That's definitely something I'm still working on catching myself doing. Well,
2: well, there's this, there's this thought that comes into our mind and and we've been I think some of us have been trained, it's the I'm cursed thought. You know, I get stuck in traffic, I'm cursed. I I missed the bus, I'm cursed. I, I I have too much to do today, I'm cursed. And instead of, you know, like when Jesus was baptized, you know, what 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 are the words from heaven? You know, the sky opens up, the dove descends, and the voice from the father says, You are my child in whom I'm well pleased. You are blessed. You are blessed. And if we can learn and do the habits to find our blessing, to hear that we're blessed and not cursed, that's a game changer, but it doesn't happen automatically. And, it, and there is a way to retrain our brains because neuroplasticity in the last 20 years, you know, has discovered and scientists have discovered that brains can create new neural pathways, but we can choose to create those new neural pathways, or we can just go status quo. And like, you know, uh, my wife would ask sometimes, you know, how's that working for you? You know, is the status quo working for you? And the answer that she's expecting really is, well, no, it's not working for me. And and so, you know, the the issue then becomes, how do I operate in such a way that I'm creating the right neural pathways that are going to allow me to be blessed and live into that blessing?
1: So what are some of those tools? Like you said it, and I, I mean, I want to put that quote in the beginning of this, of advertising this particular episode, right? Change is possible. It's not inevitable.
2: Yes, but it is possible.
1: And it takes intentionality, right? The, one of the people, I, I would guess like Bob Beal was for you. One of the people who, who to me was Jesus with skin on like nobody else was this amazing guy, Tim Coop. And Tim used to walk around with his arms wide open and say, this is what Jesus looked like. He just walked around and anyone who came into his range, he would just hold them, right? Tim Coop told me, he said, he would tell me, Kurt, people are not the interruption to your busy day. They are your busy day.
2: Uh,
1: uh And one of the things he often talked about was stinking thinking, right? So what are some, and that's really what we're talking about, right? We have to notice our own stinking thinking, yeah, right? And so what are some of the tools
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that you have learned to employ for yourself and teach other people to use that helps us get out of stinking thinking, out of despair, out of hopelessness, and move on the pathway to hope and, and changing and transformation?
2: Well, like Kim said uh... Dr. Carolyn Leaf is incredible on this topic. Another person is Dr. Daniel Amen, who talked about what he calls ANTS, A-N-T-S, automatic negative thoughts. And, and so, you know, the, the first thing is is to begin to identify what are your automatic negative thoughts, right? And, uh, and then find, you know, what kind of raid do I need to... You know, to to get at those thoughts and (laughs) destroy those thoughts, you know, like it's something as simple as learning to practice gratitude. Every single morning, I start my day the same way. Okay, I'm I'm a creature of good habits. One of them is a cup of coffee. Okay, and I use whole whole cream. Okay, supposedly whole cream isn't that bad for you. Eggs aren't (laughs) bad for you, so maybe whole cream isn't bad for you either. But the next thing I do is I start down by writing my gratitude. What am I thankful for? And, you know, they're, they're pretty simple sometimes. It's like good night's sleep, or I fell back asleep even when I woke up i'm grateful for my dog barney he got bit by a rattlesnake last week and he's better now he's getting better and i'm grateful for the opportunity it was opportunity to be on this podcast that was one of my things today but like the first is the the noticing the negative but it's practicing the positive Uh, my friend john gordon who's a great author positivity you look up his stuff uh, he wrote a thing called the energy bus but, but he talks about every day, he takes what he calls a gratitude walk where he goes and he just looks around and thinks, what am I grateful for? And so I, I think that there are practices, journaling, uh, journaling, I, I've written, actually, my wife and I wrote a book on journaling a number of years ago called Write for Your Soul. If I would write it again, I wrote it in 1998 with her. If I was to do it again, I would say, always find ways to turn what's negative to hope. Because sometimes you can journal yourself into a, into a hole, you know, Uh, like, and you're just being honest, Hey, just being honest, but like the concept of going, what, what am I trusting? Like I tell people, Kurt, you know, as a coach, I'm a purveyor of hope. You know, I'm helping someone see that there's light, there's hope, and there's always hope. But sometimes we, we focus so much on what's broken that we don't see what's actually incredible. And uh, and so I would say, you know, those three things, one, understanding what ants are, uh, gratitude, and then finding ways to see the good and journaling the positive.
1: Yeah, for me, definitely the journaling is every morning and I journal as first person to God, not like dear diary, but straight, <laughs> but straight to God. And the first thing that I ask before I journal, before I do anything every morning is, God, where was your presence for me in the last 24 hours? Where did I, where was I aware of your presence and where did I miss you? And then I sit in silence and everything he begins to show me, I turn that into gratitude right in my journal, straight to him, first person. What I missed yesterday, I turn into gratitude that I get to see it. I get to see it now, today, and that it's going to help me today. So instead of beating myself up, God's not, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, as Romans 8, 1 says. So what he shows me, what I missed yesterday is actually an opportunity to see it today and give him thanks that I saw it today. So I am so resonating with you on the gratitude. That's how I spend every morning. I wake up oftentimes in a funk, like somewhere in the night, when After going to bed, somewhere in the night, I creeped into the throne room of my heart and I kicked Jesus off the throne room and crawled back on up there and I'm a king of pain, as yeah. the police would say it, you know, dating myself. So I would absolutely agree with you. Gratitude is essential and it takes intention, like you that fast from complaining.
2: It's possible that we're, we certainly, you know, we, we need to go back to the complaining fast. So, so a few years ago, I, I led, I led like a group of 100 people or so to do this complaining fast. And I had all kinds of people coming in with what happens when you fall off the wagon. And the answer is you get back on. Kim, listening to Jeff, are,
1: are there any questions that come to mind, things you want to know, or things that are, are grabbing your attention that you're curious about in all of this?
0: Okay. So obviously (laughs) I've been doing the Dr. Caroline Leaf stuff, or at least trying to listen to some of the podcasts. Occasionally my brain gets distracted. I know that they kind of say there's like a certain amount of time you have to practice something before it actually starts forming that neural pathway. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what does that look like as far as like, how long does it take, give or take?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's a, a lot of different studies on how long it takes to form a new habit or break an old habit. I mean, it used to be like, you know, 21 days. Some people say it's longer than that. It's 40 days. But um, but there there is truth to the, the, you know, the things that we do over and over again. And I mean, I have all these reminders that pop up on my phone, like during the day, like one of them says, drink water. Uh, another one says, you know, God is in control, be grateful. Uh, and, and like so, sometimes we may need reminders to help us, like quit complaining, you idiot. You know that. Sorry to call myself an idiot, but when I complain, <laughs> that's what that's the voice. So you know, there there is a sense in which you know we we may need to do something, but. We, we also need to put ourselves in environments that reinforce this. So thus the importance of mastermind groups and small groups and coaching, like one of the things about coaching is coaching can create an accountability environment for the stuff that's been broken or that's been stuck. And it's not that the coach necessarily, you know, has all the healing gifts, but they allow you to process it. And so asking who, not how, you know, I'm a big believer in coaching. I have a coach, I have a counselor, I meet with a spiritual director. Um, Let's see who else I mean, I I feel like for me, it takes a village. But I I think there's a sense in which, you know, asking, if this is truly a desire, who do I need to bring into this? Who do I need to share this with? How do I how can I create an accountability? And what do I need in my environment? Do I need my, my phone to pop up a thing that reminds me, you know, time to do your gratitude list, time to, uh, to journal. And after a while, like I literally, I never, I never miss my gratitude in the morning. Okay. I, I mean, in years, I mean, the only time I think I missed it was when I took a flight overseas and I realized I kind of missed a day and I was like, wait a second, there was a day in there, but like, I don't miss it because I know how important it is. And, And if I, if it's later in the morning because I missed it, then I'll do it then but uh, it's very rare that I'll miss it because it's become so important to me. But you can't do every habit at once, but if you can go, what's the thing I need next? And who can I share it with? Who can I be accountable with? And uh, is this really important enough for me to go for it?
1: So you mentioned three people that you have invited to speak into your life. You have a coach, you have a counselor, and you have a spiritual director.
2: Yeah, it's more than that, actually. Now that I think about it, there's others, too. Consultant. Uh, yeah, consultant with my wife and I. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, there's a village. But on those three, the
1: question that came to mind is, how would you define the roles of each of those? Diff- like, what's the difference between hmm. those roles for you? What, is, what does a coach bring t- for you? What does a, the, the counselor bring? What does the spiritual director bring?
2: Yeah, great question. Yeah. So a lot of people will say, do I need a coach or do I need a counselor or do I need both? So I, I see a counselor as, you know, their role is in healing the stuff that's got you stuck from the past. We're working through some of the stuff. So if you almost were to look at it as if there's like a, a negative 10 to zero, zero to 10, you know, the the, the counselor is going to work with you to get you to functioning to a two. In general, in general, okay? They're going to go, they're going to work with the negative 10 stuff. They're going to work with the deep depression or the bipolar issues, get you to a two. A coach's job is to get you to a 10. So they'll work primarily from a negative two to a 10. They're going to help you move into the future, move into your future career or vocation or leadership, but they're going to work more on like forward moving future goals, a spiritual director it's actually interesting direction isn't as directing as a coach you know like a good spiritual director is not going to direct you they're going to allow you to process god in your life and be still and know that he's god and be with god and see god's work in your life uh they they're not as forward moving directive and uh and they're both they're both important and they're both worthy of being invested in Maybe not all at once, but if you've never worked with a spiritual director, I believe in them. I love them. Soulcare.com, my wife's site, they have spiritual directors that work with soul care. If you're looking for a coach, uh, wetraincoaches.com. There's, you know, you can, you can go there. Kurt is a coach, uh, you know, talk to Kurt about how we can help you as a coach, but coaches are going to help you move into your dream, into your future, into your calling, into your full potential, they're not going to spend as much time on the brokenness, but they're going to, they'll still address it, but not as much as a counselor will.
1: So if I would define those quickly, counselor is past oriented, where people are stuck in the past. Spiritual director is helping people become aware in the present. It's present oriented to their own thinking and feeling and where god is present in that coaching is future oriented that help people move from here to there
2: and and there's there's certainly overlap each one of them would say yeah i do some of that too but i would say as a as a general rule those those apply a great coach is going to help you move into your desired future. They're going to get clarity on where you're at. In fact, the derivation of the word coach, most most have never heard this. I'd never heard it until a few years ago. Coach actually comes from a little town in Hungary that is named Coach. It's spelled like K-O-C-S-I or something crazy that's pronounced Coach. But guess what they made in Coach Hungary? Coaches. I know you know know this. Yeah, coaches. They made state coaches, buggies. They had. They actually the ones they made had springs on them. But a coach is 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 a vehicle that takes you from where you are to where you need to go. So a great coach is going to help you know where do you need to go, where are you now, and how can I journey with you to go to where you need to go. So that's that was really clarifying for me that that's when you want to coach when you're ready to go somewhere, you're ready to go, Okay, this is where I am. And and will you journey with me to turn this into reality, to overcome and, and get to this place of health, to go to this next stage of leadership, to start this ministry or build this company? That's coaching.
1: Well, let's wrap this up with you talking about your organization.
2: Yeah so I mean it's wetraincoaches.com is where you'll find it and okay. and it's 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 about transformational coaching so it's, my vision is to raise up coaches as spiritual leaders so integrating the spiritual formation of the coach with leadership development with helping people entrepreneurially and helping them in health but we train coaches who are I believe the new spiritual leaders as they bring the light of Christ into the marketplace, into the boardroom, into marriages, into health, we have a six month certification program to train coaches who are going to be professional, working like you, Kurt, individually with people, or coaches who are going to coach in organizations or bring coaching into their church. And so Um, If you go to wetraincoaches.com, you'll see there's a link right below called Is Coaching For Me? And you can take this little free assessment to find out, hey, might coaching be for me? Because a lot of times coaches are already coaching people. They just haven't been fully equipped with tools and mentoring and training. And that's where we come alongside of people who have a coaching bent and are ready to bring that into the world. So wetraincoaches.com is where to go. And speaking to the world, it's not
1: just in the United States.
2: No, no. Yeah. I mean, the, our vision is to, to train, you know, coaches around the world. We, we have uh, George from, from the Philippines. And, you know, the desire is to bring coaching into the world in such a way that spiritual formation is at its foundation, mentor coaching. Uh, coaching community. We've got a curriculum that's three books that I've written that are are part of it with the eight coaching habits as kind of a a key to training coaches. But um, we want coaches to succeed both as great coaches and then grow their business, be able to do it full-time, part-time, in retirement, or as part of their ministry.
1: Well, you just uh, took a step into that because we have listeners in Germany, besides the United States, we have listeners in Germany, Philippines, Nigeria, and there is one more Malaysia, Malta. Oh, Malta.
0: No, both. Both. Okay.
1: And so you just take it a a big, another step into an international audience at this moment. And so would you mind closing this out, Jeff, with praying for everyone listening and those no. who are in need of hope for transformation in their lives?
2: Absolutely. All right. Please join me in praying. Uh, God, life hurts and you heal. And thank you for, for Kurt and Kim and their, and their podcast and their vision to spread that message to the world and uh, god you you know who who's listening right now and who is ready for a transformation of their mind transformation of their leadership transformation of their life in some key way and uh, god would you just touch the people the person the person who's listening right now who is ready to be transformed would you bring them hope uh, would you would you breathe that hope into their life into their faith and give them a who uh, the right next step to reach out to the right person, to build community, to not be isolated and not be alone. God, thank you that a podcast can can bring people together. And I pray that out of this podcast, you would bring people together who would bring about transformation in this world and through the power of your spirit. And uh, God, thank you again for, for Kurt and Kim and their willingness to to bring me on this podcast. And would you grow your kingdom through it? In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Jeff, for being willing to be on this.
2: I, I think this is
1: just awesome what you've shared today. It's incredible. So thank, thank you. you.
2: Thank you for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, it's really great to have you on.
1: Well, I dare to, to predict that this <laughs> is not the last time. There's so much more that you have to offer, just through who you are and through this through this show so if you're willing i would love to have you come back on again
2: in the future thanks man well thank you kim it's great to meet you and you too thanks for for having me on your questions were awesome
1: oh thank you i'm learning from some of the best
2: who are the best who do you learn from oh you and jesus
1: not necessarily in that order
2: (laughs) definitely not in that order oh boy god bless you great to be with you both you too jeff blessings
1: Take care. Bye, guys. See you, Bye bye Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Life Hurts, God Heals. Before you go, let me ask you a question. Are you stuck in any way in your life, whether it's being stuck in past wounds that you can't seem to get over, or whether it's just being stuck in certain patterns of thinking and behaving now that you just can't seem to get past, or you feel stuck when it comes to the future? You want to know what God has for you and how to move into that. Well, let me help you with that. As a coach, my goal is to help you discover who God made you to be. What is your unique identity? Let me help you discover that. Because everything else you want out of life flows from that. If you're interested in having a consultation with me, you can reach me at coachkurt777 at gmail.com. That's Coach Kurt as in C-O-A-C-H-K-U-R-T-777 at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, you are God's beloved, so be loved.